I've done many episodes in the past about underground bases and secret underground societies. So what makes this episode so different and why am I spending my time still on underground technologies and things like this when we've already covered it before? Why? This is why. This paper right here. The reason for this is because I recently came across a document that had to do with the transportation of energy and the classified agencies of the CIA, the NSA, the Pentagon, and other agencies like this that have utilized the Department of Energy to formulate a report that kind of sort of admits that there's underground tunnels happening. But the thing is, is it's not so much about the underground tunnels as it is about the technology that is being used within these underground tunnels. Now, you would think, okay, if there's so much activity going on underground, how come nobody in the public eye has ever stumbled across it? How come no one was ever digging or went on a vacation or went on a tour somewhere in a remote location and found these tunnels. Why? Because they are so freaking deep, you can't even find them. But that's not even the main point of all this. What I want to talk about specifically has to do with the way that a lot of these people get around and not just people, but other things as well. And we'll, we'll jump into that. So the idea behind what's called Project Flash, which took me a little while to actually figure out why they called it that and um, not why they called it that what the name of the project was is because these are tunnels and these are transportation systems okay that travel at what is called Mach 2 speeds now let's break this down carefully what is Mach 2 Mach 2 is literally supersonic speeds it is going, I believe, if I'm correct, two times faster than the speed of light. That is insane. Now, this document not only proves and substantiates to me personally that this is going on, but it also shows that there is a massive, I guess you could say, cover-up or concealment happening because the people that have gone down into these tunnels to work, they don't describe tunnels. They describe things that resemble cities, things that resemble labs, and multiple locations multiple miniature cities if you will that connect not just all across the west or north america but connect all across the world underneath certain parts of the ocean as well this is why it's so hard for you and i to figure out where these tunnels are how they work and who's using them now if we take a look at a couple different sources if we put that document aside for a second okay what we're going to find is exactly what you want to look for when you're researching, which is consistency. And what do I mean by that? So what I mean, for example, is this, okay? 25% on average of the American gross national product GDP goes into black budget projects. And roughly 50 to $60 trillion every two years goes missing. And nobody says a thing about it. Now, it's either because our leaders are in on it or it's because they don't even know a damn thing or they're told to keep quiet and just stick to what they're doing in the public eye so to speak 
Now, one thing I want to mention as well is because a lot of this is not just one thing. It's not just the the government came up with a project and they started using all these different devices and machines to drill into the underground world and things like that. It's it's nothing like that. It's been assembled from multiple different projects over time and multiple, I guess you could say, acquisitions, acquiring technology and resources and knowledge from other countries. Now, the biggest country that at least the United States has been able to obtain knowledge, information, resources, and technology from is Germany, mainly Germany. Now, I just last week did an episode about an alternate reality coin found during the in the found with the year 2039 engraved on it and I talked about the Nazis. So, I'm not trying to jump into all of that again. Okay? But what I'm trying to say here is that ultimately the Germans very, they're very smart people. They always were and they still are extremely smart people. I mean, I've been told many times by a lot of people if they had the option, they'd live in Germany rather than the, the U.S. Or, or, or Canada or wherever they live. And that, I mean, I can understand why they're just so advanced in so many ways. But the thing about this is that there's something called the Krupp or the Krupp machine or the Krupp works in Germany that was acquired just after World War II. And so what this machine has been able to do is essentially turn stone into dust using something substantially more powerful than that of a nuclear reactor. And it doesn't vibrate anything underground. And it can, from what I understand, based on the document, it can travel or dig up to, I believe, seven to eight miles per day, which is huge because we're talking about deep, deep underground bases here. Now, you might say, okay, Dave, this is all fine and dandy, but where's the where's the evidence? Where's the proof? First off, Phil Schneider. I'm sure you may have heard of him before. He's been known to be a whistleblower who worked and had top secret restricted access to a lot of these underground bases. Now, supposedly, he's been murdered, or at least at the very least, his record has been completely wiped and vanished from every database on the planet and his family's as well, too, by the way. His name is nothing new. He's been, his name at least, has been made fun of, ridiculed, but at the same time, he's also been taken very seriously from the other side as well. So what we have to do here is we have to take both perspectives and bring it or accumulate it into one conclusion. Because if I give you just one side of it and then I give you the other side of it or I just present one argument, it, it kind of makes things a little bit biased and then it opens up the possibility for debates that we should just push through right now. So... For those who don't believe Phil Schneider, it's because there's been a lot to disprove what he supposedly claimed. Now, the other side of the argument is because it is due to the fact that this is part of what the CIA and a lot of what the government does, which is when they have to cover something up, they need to partly disprove it over time. Not in one shot, because that would look a little bit too coincidental, but if they can slowly disprove and give out information that's completely false and fabricated and made up, by the way. But if they can do it to ridicule and decredit someone who was working there, you've essentially killed the guy, whether it's literally or metaphorically. It's unfortunate for me to say, but that's why I put that in my t in the title of this episode. Because at this point, you've literally... If you erase a man's whole life, his whole everything, his family, without murdering them, but you essentially erase everything they've ever built up and worked for and they technically don't exist, what do you do at that point? Well, it seems like if this is true, you come out to the public and you say, listen, 
I was part of the project that built all these underground tunnels, which they're still digging for now. And I can tell you for a fact that there are multiple humanoid-like creatures there. And that the utmost secretive experiments occur there as well. Now, the most popular story is the Dolce Air Force Base, where Phil Schneider claimed to be one of the few survivors back in, I believe, the 70s that survived a bit of a, a falling out between a gray alien species and some U.S. soldiers in the Dolce Base. Now, as to whether or not that's true, I've done an episode on that before, so I encourage you to check that out because I'm not covering that in this episode. With that being said, according to Schneider... And this document, too, which implies these things, but doesn't say it directly. Sort of how when we look at other CIA and FBI documents, they're, they're made to be open for interpretation in ways that kind of are coincidental because they've suddenly become declassified. But he says that there have been underground bases on Earth for at least, give or take, 10,000 years based on what was reported to him when he was working as a private contractor for the government. He also said that the way these bases worked was that you would go for like the way a lot of jobs work when you have to travel you'd go into these bases and work there for say three four weeks consecutively at a time you'd sleep there you eat there you shower there and you're under very close surveillance when you're there and your family's also being surveilled to make sure that you're not telling anything to your family but also to kind of say in a certain way and don't take me out of context here but in a certain way you're doing top secret work for us in return. We'll kind of watch out for your family. So, you know, they'll they'll bug the house, they'll wiretap the phones. They'll, and so when you leave after your three, four weeks, you then have a week or two off and you have to sign an NDA pretty much saying that literally if you speak of this or even hint at this, at the very least, we're going to erase everything about you and your family and you may or may not end up in a ditch. It's It's very simple. He said he had to sign NDAs that mention these things. Now, why that doesn't surprise me is because this is nothing new. At the end of the day, this is not even business. It's not even politics. This is otherworldly. This is life and death. And I'm not encouraging that to be the case. I'm just saying that in this particular scenario, it wouldn't surprise me. And it, assuming what Phil Schneider is saying is true, the guy's got a lot of galls to come out with that. Now, he claims that there's about four... Um, extraterrestrial races that the government is in cahoots with that they have a really good relationship with but he says that in total the the government as well as other world governments are currently aware, aware of about 11 different races that visit our planet all of the time all of them which are known to the US military by the way which is why when there's UFOs coming by and during a, say an Air Force routine and there's an Air Force pilot who has no access to this type of information. And then he sees a UFO and then he reports it and it's recorded and all that. No one really freaks out because at this point in time, they know what they are. They know what species they are. They good chance the military might even know why they come here in certain cases. And so it's kind of like they kind of play it off like we didn't see anything. Uh, well, OK, fine. We'll look into it. Just leave it alone. And that's kind of how it always goes. Right. I mean, look at the Pentagon footage with Commander Fravor. Same kind of concept there. I mean, okay, for once they admitted it. The Pentagon admitted that this was otherworldly craft, but I think that's a buildup for something else. But anyways, you uh, you get the point. Now, the reason that supposedly these creatures help the government build these underground bases, tunnels, cities, which apparently, by the way, not all of these beings are actually happy 
with the fact that the U.S. military has certain underground tunnels or cities or things like that because of what they're doing in some of those places, some of those cities or bases or laboratories. Um, but they realize that overall, in the bigger picture of things, they're working, they need to work with the government because these beings need space here on earth to conduct experiments and store humans in suspended states of consciousness this is according to phil schneider by the way for reasons that at least he wasn't able to figure out now in exchange the aliens the these species give the u.s military or the government certain technology and this may in fact explain certain things like the stealth aircraft that Lockheed Martin's been developing. This may explain why all of a sudden in the last 60, 70 years there's been a sudden advancement in human technology. We've accomplished more in the last 70 years than I think humans have done in the last 10,000. Again, unless there's there were past civilizations that we're unaware of, but the point is is that it seems like there's a constant reoccurring theme here. And I know I'm quickly getting away from the underground base topic, but I just want to mention this for you guys because please hear me out. It seems like there's a constant reoccurrence of amnesia within humanity itself. And I think it's because these aliens, I'm not saying they're bad, I'm not saying they're good, I, and I'm not trying to fear monger. All I'm trying to do is open your mind to possibilities because as much as we want to accept the cool and good possibilities, we have to look at the negative possibilities and consequences as well. So I think that what happens is that I think some beings, some of these races, just like people, like just like us, are more ruthless than others. But I also think at the same time that they have been putting humanity in a state of amnesia through the use of technology and electromagnetic waves and weapons and frequencies for tens if not hundreds of thousands of years. And so they're kind of just playing a game with us over and over, so to speak. Now, I know how ridiculous that might actually sound, but when you take a step back and you, you check the link in the description if you're on YouTube and you read the document or you're just kind of brazen over it and you brazen over the other sources I've cited as well, you'll notice that this is nothing new. This is nothing like, this doesn't sound so crazy once, once you read it in such a way that presents it to you that actually makes you say, holy crap, something is going on here that we, the public, are completely unaware of. And there may be a larger population below us than there actually is right here, right now. And it's true. might actually be the case. Now, again, you might say, okay, the universe is so big. Why would these beings or extraterrestrials want Earth? It's very simple. We happen to land in a Goldilocks uh, sort of, I guess you could say, area of the universe where we can support many different types of life vegetation and things like that i don't think every part of the universe is cut out for that and it seems like these creatures or these beings have found the earth as a planet that is in a certain way a a treasure trove for them which is another thing too by the way when when people have when former military personnel have said that when they were testing nuclear warheads and all of a sudden a UFO would come and just shut off the warheads and then the nukes would not work. I don't think it's so much because these beings want us to stay alive and preserve our humanity. But I think they realize that we as humans do certain things on a daily basis that they need. We produce things 
for us economically, but for them environmentally and for resourceful purposes and for mineral mining purposes that these beings need in order to continue whatever they're doing, which seems to be significant to them. Now, this is part of the reason why they would build some uh, or work together with the government with some of these bases. Now, here's the thing. Uh, sorry, here's another point I want to mention. Phil Schneider talks about how some of the technologies that these beings have shared with us within these underground cities, bases, and place and, and, and facilities are not so much technology as in the way we would traditionally think of it in terms of like, here's a device, this is how you use it, this is what it is, but more so the technology of elements, of science, of raw science, pure science. And what I mean by that is elements between 111 and 140. Now, the best example I could probably give of that is, again, I know I mentioned him a lot, but just hear me out, is Bob Lazar. He's mentioned that when he worked in the Los Alamos area trying to reverse engineer uh, a UFO craft back in the 80s in a top-secret lab shortly distant from Area 51, he mentioned that what powered the UFO craft was something called Element 115, which back in the 80s was not on the periodic table. He was laughed at and ridiculed for years. And then about five, I think four or five years ago, 2015 or 2016, scientists in Germany were able to very quickly produce element 115. I think it was for like a half a second or something like this. But the point is, is that it's now on the periodic table. So everything that he was laughed at before is has now been proven to be true. And that's just the small, minute knowledge that he had. He was one man working in an underground base amongst many many thousands of people and not just humans other beings as well and when he gets laughed at and ridiculed and then um 20 30 years later he gets proven to be correct what does that tell you now that doesn't mean we should believe everything but i think it's important for us to understand that we should take into consideration certain claims people are making especially when they haven't had a history of psychosis or some form of delusion or or delusions of self or anything like that Okay, now, as a result of the, this extraterrestrial alliance within these underground bases, they have provided to the U.S. military anti-gravity propulsion, genetic and biological research, quantum teleportation, which involves the disappearance of ships or other objects, technology that we can apply to the traditional computers that we know them as to be, and as well as biological warfare, medicine, and so on. Now, I think they're sharing with us a small granular percentage or fractile of a percentage of what they actually have and know. And in exchange, they know they're getting a better deal. But we're kind of, as humans, we're stuck in the position of, ah, crap, we got to take what we can get and we'll continue building these bases and we'll strictly work underground. Now, the thing is about all of this is that every single thing has to occur underground. If there's one little bit of a slip up, a small slip up, it'll be exposed. You may be able to cover it up. And I know things have happened in the past where underground experiments didn't go so well. I mean, there was one case where there was something going on underground with a massive energy spike that, you know, our, our public satellites that orbit Earth were able to detect. And so it used thermal imaging to show 
that in the Nevada area, there was some massive energy spike that seemed to be coming from underground. Because when you looked at it from above ground, I mean, no nukes were being tested, no rockets were being launched, nothing like that. Nothing that would cause such a dramatic spike. And what was notable about this spike in energy was that it was almost like it's it was a massive explosion, but it was controlled. It would be through thermal imaging, it would like pop up and then disintegrate and enclose again. Now, could that be the machine that is supposedly used to dig these tunnels in these underground bases? Very possibly. Very, very possibly. And so, again, people theorize on what that could have been. It could have been the, the machine used to produce these tunnels. It could have been what supposedly many have claimed is this earthquake machine that the government has. But at the end of the day, folks, I know I've been jumping all over the place in this episode, but what it comes down to is these underground bases are their livelihood in a certain sense, are the military's livelihood. I would dare to say that not even 10% of what the military experiments with above ground is even close to what they have. I would dare to say that maybe, maybe 10, 15, and maybe 20% of their experiments, even their secret experiments occur above ground. That's what I, I would dare to say that I would, I, I think the rest of it is underground and I think there's more of a stable underground presence than people might actually believe or, or, or want to think in a certain case. So with that being said, there is some, one last thing I want to talk about because it has to do with the establishment and how they're able to develop these cities, these underground bases so quickly. Now, supposedly they've been work. these underground bases have been established for tens of thousands of years by non-human entities. With that being said, apparently in the 40s, in the 30s and 40s, particularly after the Second World War, once humans were not so occupied by that, they invested a massive amount of money, time, energy, resources, and Operation Paperclip is a perfect example of that, into underground cities. Now, if this was not important, why would they do so? And at this point in time, you kind of find little tidbits of there being a mentioning of some type of underground civilization. And so it seems like there's a combination of collaboration between humans and these underground entities. Now, again, we can connect this to so many different underwater experiences that scuba divers have had and and underwater um, Russian divers have had, particularly in their lakes where they've seen humanoid creatures with extraordinary abilities uh, that kind of just push them back and all that. And I'll be doing an episode on that. But the point is this, the world beneath us may in fact be tenfold not just what we know, but what we know to actually be true. And there may be some type of scientific or, or some type of difference rather beneath us in the minerals and the resources and the way that some of these beings actually are able to survive. And so going back to my point about the 40s is that it seemed like the U.S. government was able to establish the CIA. They established the, the military. They established the Air Force after the war. They established all these different things. And so they finally said, OK, we're. We're pretty much organized or as organized as we have ever been in modern history. And so now it's time to look into going underground. But once you look into going underground, guess what you're going to find? And so then it comes time to negotiate with these entities or things like that and say, listen, we have to build a base here. This is our land. This is our, th- our planet. Respect it, blah, blah, blah. Again, I'm, I'm not trying to go into hypotheticals of what a conversation would be between a, a d- multiple different entities and humans. I'm just saying that ultimately... 
there's more to it than meets the eye and these underground bases and tunnels i haven't just fig- i haven't figured it out just yet but they're more significant than just being mysterious and underground and secretive and this and that there's much more to it so when you hear stories and things of there being genetic experiments or um, different breeding experiments animal hu- human humanoid based creature like exper- experiments when you hear stories of massive nuclear weapons or th- or experiments that completely defy what we th- know of to be traditional science or not so much defy but bend what we know to be traditional science they're doing all of it they're doing all of it so let me know what you guys think i got the document in the link of the of the description if you're on youtube and yeah that's about it <laughs> catch you guys next time thank you